Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday afternoon, everybody. Glad you're with us for a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour, broadcasting live today from 4th Street Bar and Grill. We are glad to be down here. Always enjoy uh, catching up with Slade and all the great folks here at 4th Street. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens, Dalton back at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg directing everybody, and we are glad to be with you this afternoon. What a great show we've uh, got lined up. Daniel Stewart's going to join us here in just a moment. Jack Duggan, Jeremy McLean, Poncho James, Collins Hess, Madison Deloach. Full show for the next two hours here at 4th Street. And, of course, we'll be bringing Slade on the show a couple of times uh, during the next couple of hours to uh, talk about all the great activities down here. So we start the show out today with a former baseball player and now vice president of First Bank. Daniel Stewart. And first of all, Daniel, I want to talk to you a little bit about baseball this weekend, but I, I do want to say thank you to First Bank. Uh, we've said this before, but it always bears mentioning. The first sponsor when the Eagle Hour was created three years ago, the first business that stepped up and sponsored the show was your bank, and we're just eternally grateful to yeah. you for that. Thank you, Bob. We're glad to be a part of it. And you got a new bank. you got yeah. a new branch out on Highway 98. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. Uh, we moved in Monday of last week. Not your typical-looking bank. Looks more like Class A real estate. Yeah. Really nice, really pretty. We invite people to come down and take a look. And, uh, so it's got to really be proud. cool to be in a brand-new facility like that. It is. It's it's nice. We've got you know a little bit of things we're battling with the sun because you know where the building's located. But other than that, man, it's it's really nice place. We're really happy and proud of it. And I, and I know you guys are going to talk baseball in a minute, but I just <laughs> I just had to ask him one thing, Bob. What what is it like, Daniel, to own Reggie Collier on the golf course? <laughs> you clobber him on well, the golf course because you, you've been, you've been telling me this for years. How much better years. you are than Reggie is? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, Reggie Reggie has transformed himself from an uh, extremely good football player to an extremely good golfer. But he will even He'll tell you, and I'm not going to, you know, blow anything open here. His game, he says, does not travel. He plays at Cambridge. He'll shoot 72, 73. He goes to Grand Bear Country Club, eh, 80, 85. So, is that right? Yeah, he has played cane break so much. You know, if there's ever a tournament there, he can make big bucks being a caddy. So you're saying he's not the perfect 10 then on the golf course? He's pretty close. He's pretty close. <laughs> and actually, we, we feel honored because you left his homecoming on campus at, at yep. Southern Miss, and you left the Alumni Association tournament to come right. be with us today. Right, yeah, absolutely. And we appreciate that. Yeah, well, it turned out good because when I left, the rain came. So I, I right. got, I'm dry, they're wet. So. Right. What does a university like Southern Miss mean for, for your business here in Hattiesburg? Uh, I think you can't um, you can't really say enough about what it means to us, um, what this university means to the town. So for us, uh, just being involved, it's, uh, it's a way for us to give back, participate uh, in the things that the university has going on. Um, we're really involved with the Alumni Association and hope to continue those relationships. So um, really gives us some some visibility, but at the same time we're able to to give back to this university, which in turn gives back so much to the community. Right, and uh, 
the university gives an awful lot to the community. Provides an awful lot for the Very community. Much. Of now, Daniel, I know you're a baseball player. You're yeah. a Golden Eagle baseball player. Sunday, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. William Carey and Southern Miss are playing an exhibition game Sunday yeah. at 1 o'clock. I just think that's perfect for this area. I, I do, too. It's a shame that, you know, you've got different conferences, and, you know, William Carey and Southern don't always play regular season. So being able to do this outside of the season in the fall is really, you know, guys know each other. That's, you know, it's not always guys from all over the country. These guys played against each other in high school, able to have a chance to get to play each other now in some fall ball. In the sport, such a sport, too, that you don't really know what's going to happen. No. You go out there and play one game on Sunday, anything can happen. That's why you play the game. You know, baseball's baseball. Anything can happen. So it really gives you a chance to see how you line up with some of these other guys and other teams. Bob's especially excited about the baseball game because the Redskins are already mathematically eliminated from oh. playoff contention <laughs> in the NFC East. You know, Kelly's son uh, was an all-conference pitcher last year for William Carey. Ah, cool. So, Kelly, I guess ah, yeah. you probably nice. have some pretty good insight. You play one game like that, and you can't say who's going to win. You don't know. No, no and, and really, the coaches will use those games for different modus they operandi. They're, you know, they're not necessarily no. trying to win. They just kind of want to see what they have yeah. and, the, and the new crop of players coming in. And yeah. uh, Pitchers will get one inning, maybe two. Yeah, you, know, guy, you roll them guys in and out. And guys that were injured yeah. in the spring yeah. you know, are now ready to go. You want to see them on the bump, see how they yeah. throw, how they're delivering. You know, Drew Boyd, I know they're going to yeah. look, mm. see how Drew Boyd looks on the hill yeah. and some of the other guys. So. So you guys think you'll see a lot of different kids pitching? Usually, yeah. Oh, and I, and I think you'll see – I don't think it's unrealistic to maybe every inning each team throw four different guys. Really? Fifteen pitches, you know, ten pitches, you know, yeah. it could be could be something. Well, like that's that. a good point. A lot of them are going to be on pitch count. Say you've got twenty pitches, finish the batter, you're done. Right. So that may be one inning, maybe one out. You never know. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you too that it, it is homecoming, and to me, and, and maybe it's just because I'm old, <laughs> but homecoming to me has always been so special because yeah. here at the lunch hour at uh, at Fourth Street. In the other room, I mean, it was packed almost wall to wall with yeah. with guys coming back from all over the country, and we've got guys coming here this afternoon for this show. That yeah. this is just stop one right. of a hundred stops they're going to make for homecoming weekend. Right, you're not getting it. Certainly not as old as us, but you're not getting any younger. What does homecoming mean to a guy like you? Well, you know, it's um, you spend some quality time and quality years at a university. You get out, and everybody goes their different ways. So it's an opportunity for everybody to come back, celebrate your university again, reconnect with those old connections, see people you maybe haven't seen in years, and it's always a good time. And, and if you can do that and have a little fun, watch some football at the same time, you know what? What you know, better opportunity? Talk about so. spending those years at the university. That's seven. Seven best years of my life were at Iowa State <laughs> University. <laughs> you know, finally got out of there. You know, my did parents, they ever have a winning season in that seven years you were there? You know what? F- football games in particular, I don't remember much about. <laughs> right, I'm, sure. I'm, sure. I'm not at liberty to discuss why I don't right. remember yeah, those games. I'm whether. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> what do you expect, Daniel, when you when the football team takes a field tomorrow night? This is probably the best matchup of the year we're going to see oh, in Hattiesburg. I heard somebody joking um, said it seems like Mason Fine's been at North Texas for ten years. I mean, it just seems like he's been the guy. Now he's been very successful for four years. Uh, not, actually, from a stat perspective, not having as great of a year. But, you know, you look at our team. We're really offensively doing really, really well. Everybody kind of talked about preseason. Defensively, we're going to do well. So right. it's going to be a good matchup. I think we probably got the edge. It's our home field. It's our homecoming. So I really, you know, obviously I'm going to root for the Eagles. But it's going to be a good matchup. 
25 kids named nationwide in the Johnny Unitas Arm Award, the yeah. best college yeah. quarterback. Two of those kids are playing here tomorrow yeah. night. That's pretty unusual. Yeah. Well, you know, it's great to see Conference USA represented like that. Um, sometimes we kind of get swept under the rug from the Power Five. So to be able to recognize two quality guys, two quality teams in Conference USA is really special. And earlier this week it was announced officially by the university that the south end zone is sold out. Mm. Not, is, a sing- is that not a single ticket left in the south end zone. That's so that's – I think when, when the weather forecast broke that people <laughs> saw it was going to be 70 degrees yeah. tomorrow or something like that. Football only came natural. They, they so gobbled them up. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. That's, that's that's good for the university. Yeah. You know. Right. The noise you probably hear in the background is the rain pelting the roof of 4th Street Bar and Grill. Yeah. We're all hopeful and optimistic, Michael Mergens, that this is going to be uh, this is going to be gone by tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to be gorgeous, but just get through this afternoon and we'll be okay. Even tonight, I think our chances of rain diminish considerably, which forced a bunch of changes in high school football, maybe unnecessarily, right? Yeah. Well, but it, it might. It might. They might have wished that they moved them to last night. You know, you, you, yeah. That's the thing. You never know about the weather. Yeah. But on behalf of every old person in America, I'll go ahead and say it. Well, we really need the rain. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Doesn't every older person say we that? We probably do. Yeah, that's right. All right, Daniel, before we run out of time, uh, let our listeners know the, the origins of First Bank, where you guys are located. Our home office is in Macomb, Mississippi. Uh, been around since 1895, family-owned bank. Uh, spent most of our time in that area, Brookhaven, Macomb, Liberty Summit. Uh, but five or six years ago made the move to Hattiesburg and we've just exploded um, in, in this market here and we've done that because we've really reinvested you know our resources back in this community uh, we built a great team so what we kind of like to say is we're still a small hometown community bank with services that some of the bigger banks have because everybody's got checking and savings accounts but really you know the people is what make the difference, and we really feel like we've got a great team here in Hattiesburg, and we're, we're looking forward to the future. In fact, they've been around so long, Bob, that when they tried to come up with a name, they said, you know what? We were the first one. We were the first one. So you, let's, know, you, well, know what, you know what's the first bank? Nobody wants to be second. Right? That's for what's sure. a little odd, Daniel, is every time Reggie's on the show, he says the tagline is supposed to be first bank, the home of the perfect ten. Perfect ten. Is hey. there anything to that? Well, he, he, he was definitely a perfect ten. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's still uh, a great uh, ambassador for us. And we, no we, we love Reggie. But, for again, sure. to be clear, though, now you, you mop him up on the golf course, right? Uh, we'll have to maybe save that discussion for another day. <laughs> All right, Reg, Reggie can hold his own. Yes, sure. indeed. I think we've just got just a couple seconds left. Yeah. You're a Corky Palmer guy. Yeah. Right? Love Coach Palmer. Real quick, 15-second yeah. Corky Palmer adage you can give us. He used to tell me that um, I, w- I didn't throw hard enough to throw over the white part of the plate, so don't do it. And he was right. I, d- I didn't. <laughs> All right, so. Daniel. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Daniel Stewart, First Bank. We're broadcasting live from 4th Street Bar and Grill, special two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour. And Jack Duggan is next. Stay with us.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. To the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to a Friday edition, two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour from 4th Street Bar and Grill. Looking uh, forward to the next uh, hour and a half or so as we uh, engage in the homecoming atmosphere here. You were right, Kelly. When we got here, it was jam-packed with Southern Miss people. Man, I love it. And there's there's a big party tonight uh, over at, at uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill's sister establishment, which is called Sidelines over on Oak Grove Road. They're having a big party tonight where Jay Ladner is going to be uh, the guest of honor. And I, I hear tell that there's going to be over 200 Good uh, former sports alumni and, uh, up at uh, Sidelines tonight. So that ought to be quite a shindig. All right. Of course, it's homecoming weekend, homecoming game tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Uh, ask my buddy Jack Duggan, who knows everything about the history of Southern Miss sports, to come on the show. Jack, how are you, man? Good. yourself? Well, we're good, Jack. Uh, but I'll tell you up front, we got a little bit of a delay, so uh, if you hear me, well, I think I just lost my headset. If you hear me uh, talking to you slowly, it's because I'm trying to get through the delay. But glad you're on the show. All right, homecoming weekend, Jack, and I know you're a guy that's going to keep up with all of this, so I'd like to ask a couple of general questions to begin with. What would be the overall win-loss record for Southern Miss uh homecoming games, and, and what would be the homecoming games that really stick out in your mind as perhaps unusual or the most successful? Well, we, we listed it 60 and 22 as our overall homecoming uh, record. Uh, probably uh, that's, that's before uh, Mississippi State uh, had a forfeit, and that game was, was back in 1976. We lost 14 to 6. In that ball game, and you know that was the largest crowd. You know, it was the first year when we, when we we got back into the stadium of the first year of MM Roberts Stadium, and we lost to Mississippi State. That game later forfeited back to us in front of uh, then largest homecoming crowd ever of thirty one thousand two hundred and twenty five. But uh, you know that was the first year that that we had had homecoming. Uh, in Hattiesburg since '73, you know they had the two-year construction of the stadium. You know, didn't have a didn't have a homecoming in '74, and then in '75, um, uh, our homecoming game was down in Biloxi, and we we beat Cal State Fuller in 30, or 70 to nothing in that game. But uh, you know, the funny thing that '74 season, they ended up having. Uh, homecoming that year during a men's basketball game, and that came like December seventh of that year against Lamar in a, in a, in a basketball game. But uh, you know, as I look as I look back today uh, over you know some of the the homecoming uh, wins, you know we've won four in a row. You know, you know it's, it's crazy. At one point, we had won eighteen straight homecomings. That's back in the early days uh, from. Uh, 1938 to uh, 1959. Now we didn't have a we didn't have a homecoming game from 42 to 45 uh, because of World War II. But um, you know, there's, I think there's we've we've shut out our opponent 20 times in those games, and and uh, you know you, you you look back and you go, you know, those are those are the teams that that you know are the are the 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 easy teams to beat, and maybe back in the the 40s and the 50s that were the case but if you look over you know some of the teams that we played for homecoming you know over the last 30 years we played cincinnati we played east carolina 
We played Houston. Uh, we played UCF, um, SMU a couple of times. You know, the, the, the one game that kind of stands out to me uh, for homecoming was, was Larry Fedora's first year. We beat uh, UAB 70-14. to 14. I don't know if you guys remember that game. Hmm. I do remember that. I'll tell you a couple that jump out at me as I, I pulled some information today, Jack. We're going way back. 1957, Southern Miss beat Florida State 20 to nothing in a homecoming game. And in more of a modern era, in 1982, the Golden Eagles beat Louisville 48 to nothing at homecoming. So you're right. Big, big difference in, in opponents, right? No, it really is. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's uh, you know, that, that I remember that Louisville game and just came out and hammered them. And, you know, Florida State was a little bit different. You know, probably back in, in when we we beat them in '57. You know, we also, if you go back to 19, I want to say '87, when when I was a student uh, uh, here at the university, we played Florida State. You know, when they had when Bobby Bowden was their coach, and they came in. Uh, I tell you what, they were really good that year. They beat us. I, I hate to say it, 61 to 10 for homecoming that year. They had a quarterback by the name of McManus that came out, and he really. Uh, played very well for them that day, but uh, you know, you know, like you said, we it's 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 it hasn't been the you know you, you look back at the homecoming resort results and you know when you first started you played Spring Hill a bunch you played Northwestern State a bunch, um, but you know you go back to 1935 we 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 played Mississippi State for homecoming once and then again you know like I said in the '76 the when we uh, rededicated the stadium. Here's something interesting about that Louisville game, too. It was the year before in 81, Jack, that the Golden Eagles were in the top ten. I think they were like seventh in the country. They lost a 13-10 to game, I believe, up in a snowy, cold day in Louisville. And the next year, the the Cardinals come here. The Eagles beat them 48 to nothing. I'm reading a quote here from Reggie Collier. They should have brought the cold weather and rain if they expected to beat us this year. So that was that was a pretty good revenge <laughs> yeah. game after that heartbreaker up in Louisville, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, you know, we we were you know we were high as as number nine that 80, 81st, 81 season, um, and uh, I think the last the last weekend that we were ranked. Was the first weekend in in December where we were eight were ranked 18th. So so we were ranked, I guess five five those last five weeks of the regular season. Uh, and boy, that 81 team was really good, wasn't it? Oh yeah, for sure, Jack. I want to ask you, and, and if uh, and, and you may not you may not know this, but but when it comes to making a decision as to when a homecoming date is actually scheduled, how is how is that date determined? You well, know, like, I, I okay, think we, 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 um, this is our schedule, but yeah. Well, I think uh, you know a lot of people, um, a lot of people, kind of get into a room and say, "Okay, this when do we want to do our homecoming game?" And I think traditionally they like to do it, you know, sometime in the middle of the season, sometime in October. Uh, you know, sometimes right. it works out that way, sometimes it doesn't, and. Uh, you know, trying to do it that second, third, or fourth home game of the year, um, with that, that you know where the weather's kind of hopefully has turned. <laughs> that may not be the case this year, but uh, although it's, we are expecting really nice, really nice weather tomorrow, um, you know, but but 
the late, the, you know, I mean, it was been hot up until October. Um, you know, I think that's that's probably the most. I don't think it's about uh, opponents anymore as it is the date. You know, what's the best date yeah. for us to do that? Yeah, because because under normal circumstances, North Texas would not be your run of the mill. Be your first choice for homecoming, (laughs) right? Right. But you know that being said, you have both teams that have had a week off, Jack. It's homecoming on campuses. There, there are so many things that have this game right up there at the top of the excitement chart. And as far as things that you know, a, a win for either one of these teams would just be, as the man in Washington says, huge. Right. Right. There's, right. There's no doubt, and you know, you look, you, know, you look at back since what 2004, we've played a conference uh, game for for homecoming. You know, every year from four, four to up until this year, you'd have to go back to 2003 for our last non-conference homecoming game. We beat Louisiana Lafayette 48 to three in that one. So, uh, but you know, the one thing I do like about our homecoming. Is that is that we have won fourteen of our last eighteen, so I like the I like the uh, percentage there. I think my favorite game was the nineteen thirty five game, Bob. Yeah, you were you were about twenty then. Oh my God, yeah, gosh, yeah, he was twenty then. He had just turned twenty. Jack. Yeah, it was a, it was a big night. For it, it was, and I think I think we we just mauled Bellhaven that day. And I can uh, see now, Jack. Going, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I I just can see Kelly with his raccoon cap and his and his pennant on a stick. <laughs> that was me. That was him, Jack. That was exactly. Yeah. I was the founding member of a new new fraternity on campus called Tampa Keg Day. Now, Jack, I got to tell you, you go. my favorite homecoming game was actually a homecoming game that was someone else's homecoming. But I remember back in the 80s, and I don't have the precise year, but I believe it was Bobby Collins took the Golden Eagles to Starkville to play Mississippi State at their homecoming and absolutely shellacked them. Do you remember that? I, I, I do not. Um, I do not. Um, 48, I, I'm going to say, tell me if I'm right here, Jack. I'm going to say 48 to 14 was the, out, was the score in that game. So you're saying 48-14, so um, it was 42-14, to 14. October 11th, uh, 1980. Close, yeah. There you go, Bob. So there you go, Jack. You see, old men do still remember, vaguely. Bob Getty go. can't remember what he had for <laughs> breakfast, but he can remember the homecoming game of 1980. Hey, thank you, Jack. Well, we always uh, love having you on the show, man. You're welcome anytime. All right. Take care, guys. All right, Jack Duggan, everybody. All right, the athletic director, University of Southern Mississippi, next guest on the Eagle Hour, so we know you don't want to go anywhere. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Bob, Kelly, and Michael. We're at the uh, 
4th Street Bar and Grill here in Hattiesburg. Uh, Esquire back at the First Bank Studio directing the show. We're very happy to have Athletic Director Jeremy McLean with us in this segment. First of all, Jeremy, I want to thank you. I know you got a lot going on, and for you to take the time to come over here and talk to us means a lot, and we appreciate it. Well, I appreciate what you guys do and, and uh, the opportunity you give our fan base to, to hear about Southern Miss Athletics. So honored to be uh, able to join you today. Okay, we want to jump right in it to take advantage of the time we have. Uh, second game tomorrow night that you've had beer sales. There was a lot of talk about that. A lot of people followed your lead. A lot of schools yep. followed your lead. Tell our listeners how the first experience, Experimental night, for lack of a better term, went. Yeah, it was really positive. I was, uh, you know, we were very prepared. I think everybody, and, and you got to understand, it's not just the athletic department, right? It's our concessions partner. It's security on campus. It's our security folks in the stadium. It's, it is a uh, group effort, and uh, I think everyone was really prepared. It went well. Uh, we had we had no uh, kind of talk to our police chief after we had no you know alcohol related incidents in the stadium um, and so really really pleased with that and then uh, from the standpoint of the actual sales process the lines keeping things moving it, it went really well I mean we, there are areas we can always tweak and improve but for the first time out of the gate I thought it was a, it was a win for us and uh, you know we end, ended up it being a really I think a positive amenity and addition to the game day experience. And then a lot of people jumped on board, didn't they? Other schools waited for <laughs> yeah, somebody to take the first step. Well, you know how that goes. I mean, I think I think sometimes it's uh, you don't want to be the first person out of the gate and taking the risk. And uh, and we were not – and I'll give our leadership on campus, Dr. Bennett and, and everybody who was a part of the decision-making process, you know, uh, we weren't afraid to step out and say this is what we think is the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, you're right. There are a lot of people in the state who have jumped on now since then, and, and, and that's great. I think it's a – it's a good thing, but uh, but you know we're excited about that addition for us and what it means, and uh, you know it'll it'll mean some uh, some revenue for us as well. And if and if things continue to go that that smoothly, is it reasonable to think that maybe it'd be considered for basketball and baseball? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we kind of wanted to take a little bit of a wait and see approach uh, for two reasons. Number one, we wanted to kind of see what mistakes we might make, what we could do better, make sure it wasn't an issue. Um, but two, I think with basketball, one of the things we have to work through or start in that process. The facility is set up differently, right? You know, two concession areas. The concourse really doesn't allow you to do what we've done at football, which is provide separate satellite stands for, for, for beer sales. And so we've got some logistics things we have to work out, but I'm definitely, based on what we saw the first game, you know, in favor of us uh, really looking closely at moving that to Reed Green and, and then uh, P. Taylor Park as well. You've changed a lot about the experience. I've got a friend coming down tonight, actually, from Greenville. Good. We like it when friends come. Take him Bring as many as you can. Take him to the football <laughs> game tomorrow night. When we get in the stands, what is this guy going to see different than maybe what he saw last year? You know, I, th- I think a couple of things. I think uh, I hope, at least it's been my experience and what we're trying to do, is, is you know, it's going to be experience that kind of from the time – the time you sit down in your seat to the game's over, there's there's some level of entertainment, right? So um, whether it be how we're doing our intro videos or how the team's running out on the field to what we're doing in timeouts, what we're doing on the board, we're trying to start some new traditions. Uh, I think somebody coming to visit hopefully will walk away and say, you know what, that was a lot of fun. And, and you know, I don't – the focus is always going to be the product on the field, our student-athletes, what they're doing, the success they're having. But um, at the end of the day, I want somebody to walk away and say, "I had a good time." You know, that was that and was. It wasn't a, just football. I had a good time. He's a Delta State guy. How about that, man? Yeah. He, he must be a fantastic individual. <laughs> <laughs> the South End Zone, 
sold out, yeah. I hear. Yeah, yeah. So the, so. I mean, that had to be one of the most exciting tweets that your office has put out yeah. in a long time. Yeah. That was fine. We, we really have focused on that south end. As some folks might, might have noticed we moved the band out of that south end zone and, and really tried to focus on creating a little different atmosphere down there for people who want to be a part of that, a family fun zone. And, and uh, to be able to sell that out for this game is a big step for us. Uh, we've made some uh, improvements for the folks who've been down there. We've had the one concession stand open, and that's been a little bit. As we've added more people, there's been a little strain there we'll actually have uh we've we've taken over and commandeered for concessions um what used to be uh the apparel uh booth down there and so we'll have two full concession stands going which i think is going to be a great addition but that south end really we you know and i give brad smith and his group a ton of credit they've done a great job of creating an atmosphere down there that uh that people can enjoy all right a couple of weeks ago we were on location at (coughs) fuzzies Scott Berry's our guest, our favorite baseball coach. He revealed some pretty big news, and I haven't really seen much about it. I hope it, he's but, told me. But, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope this isn't a surprise for <laughs> you. But apparently with your leadership, we're going to get that new artificial turf on the baseball field that's so badly needed. Yeah, we are. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're, and we'll release that publicly here soon. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, – eyes to dot and, and T's to cross, but we're going. It's going to happen, and we're going. We're going to get it done, and that's going to start soon, actually, because we got to do that between the end of fall practice and the beginning of the season. Um, and for those, uh, you know, I always tell people I'm I'm a baseball traditionalist, and so for those people who kind of maybe cringe when you talk about artificial turf at baseball or synthetic grass, uh, you know, it is the right move for us. Uh, it's going to allow us to function in a way we need to function. And, uh, you know, I've had experience with it. Um, I thought I wasn't going to like it. It ended up being administratively the best thing uh, going. He described uh, it as a game changer. It is. And, and whether it's making sure you get into practice in the fall, uh, whether it's making sure during the spring you don't have as many rainouts, you're not losing revenue at the gate, you're not losing, you know, it doesn't affect your pitching staff. You know, think about when you lose a Friday night, what it does to your bullpen. When you play a doubleheader on Saturday and then have to turn around on Sunday, there are a lot of there are a lot of pieces that just competitive advantage wise that it will it will just make a huge difference. And you know if it rains on Friday, like it seems to a lot, uh, if it rains for three hours Friday afternoon, you can wait thirty minutes and you'll be ready to play on that surface. And that's that is a game changer. And then the other the other piece that I think people probably really don't understand. And, and again, we did this when I was at Troy because we had the, the uh, artificial turf there during the summer. We'll be able to. Um, attract and and promote and i say promote but be able to host um a ton of tournaments that with prospect aged players who are coming to hattiesburg from south carolina florida <clears throat> georgia whatever it may be come to our campus see our facility play on our facility um and and not only is it an impact in recruiting but the economic impact it has for the community so all those things uh, are going to be positives uh as a result of this project scott told us that he thinks it's a recruiting advantage a lot of the best kids first thing they ask yeah it's funny you know we don't probably realize that unless you're having a kid that age that this is what they're playing on a lot of places they're going to a lot of these tournaments and you know as when they're coming through 10 11 12 years old all the way up to to high school in the summer times, a lot of these um, better venues have artificial turf because they're trying to get in their games too. They're they're trying to avoid rainouts, and so yeah, these these recruits are they know it, they've played on it, uh, they're excited about what it means. It, and let me tell you how why this man knows. You may not know this. Do you know that you're sitting here with the in the history of Division two college athletics, the number two winning pitcher in the history of Division two baseball? 
Somebody's, so, so somebody's been Poncho, feeding you information. Poncho James? <laughs> no, our athletic director, my friend, when I found that out, uh, I, we, we tried to see if he had any eligibility. Well, that was a long time ago. And you not, know, wooden bats and, and all that good and stuff. And not to speak for you, Jeremy, but that and 50 cents will get you a couple yeah, of Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, get me, it doesn't get me very far. In, in, the, in the landscape of, of college football now in particular, you hear people say all the time the rich are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer, and unfortunately, we're in the group of the poor getting yeah. poorer. What's the long-term answer, Jeremy? You know, I don't know. I don't know if there is a long-term answer, and I don't know that's kind of skirting the question a little bit. I think the gap exists because because of the market. The gap exists because of media dollars, television contracts. We think about the SEC, and uh, on day one, they get a forty-three million dollar check for being a part of the SEC because of the media contract. You know, our budget is less than thirty million. So to kind of put that in perspective, so I don't know that that's going to change unless the market begins to change. So I think for us, you know, I think I think the main thing is 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 we've got to keep. Uh, punching above our weight, uh, maximizing our resources, figuring out ways to bring new revenue to us. But I don't. I spend zero part of my day worrying about what the SEC is doing. Okay, just Good. just just I want to see, and I hope I hope people Good. don't uh, aren't disappointed in that. Uh, but I don't have time to worry about what they're doing. Uh, I'm worried about what Southern Miss is doing, what our, what what what's happening around us, where our future lies, and, and so for us, it's just about maximizing those things. But Back to your question, you know, that gap exists. It, it's, it's probably not going to get smaller. I do think that at some point uh, the Power Five institutions, and they're, they're getting real close, they've maxed, maxed out some of the things they can do because they've had these increases over the past. If you look at probably eight years ago, uh, we'll take Ole Miss's budget, for example, it was probably 50 to $60 million ten years ago. It's twice that now almost. And, and so they've had these incremental increases for the last 10 years or so that's going to come to a stop and so they're all going to have to kind of reevaluate what they're doing and and maybe make some adjustments and that's going to kind of even out so you know the gap's going to continue to exist how big it is you know to be determined but uh, those are not things we get up every day worried about and i know to a degree you knew what you had with jay ladder but but as far this guy's a rock star i mean the the claiborne retirement home has bought 200 (laughs) season tickets you know, they're going to uh, load up the seniors at the Claiborne to come to the region Jay, Coliseum. They have Jay. a fast break game with their own. <laughs> they do. They're tough. Jay is doing a fantastic <laughs> job, and not surprised. You know, we know what kind of guy he is and how, what, how people in the community enjoy him. So really excited about what uh, what's going to happen there with men's basketball. Jeremy, we really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Early. Thank I you guys for having me. I think the athletic department is in great hands now. Thank you, guys. And, uh, we're grateful for your time. Appreciate you. Jeremy McLean, everybody, athletic director at Southern Miss. We'll be right back. back, everybody. I want to thank Jeremy McClain for joining us uh, in the previous segment. Jack Duggan as well and uh, Daniel Stewart. 
Uh, Slade White is with us now. He's the owner of this fine establishment we're broadcasting from today. And uh, i got to tell you, Slade, I felt the home field, the homecoming atmosphere the minute I walked in the building. So it seems a little different today. It's in the air for sure. We've had a great group of people. I mean, I'm happy y'all bringing people like me on the show after all these other guys. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's been a good, good crowd. I mean, a bunch of Ladner's boys came in earlier. we got a big thing going on at sidelines tonight for them. And it's getting ramped up. And, uh you can feel it in the air for sure. No question. So tell me tomorrow, give give listeners an idea of what they can come enjoy here prior to homecoming. Yeah, we uh, all right. Of course, we're going to do. You know, if you need some last minute homecoming platters or something like that, you can call it in, and we can get you some wing platters, some uh, chicken tender platters, sandwich platters. So if you're showing up to a tailgate empty-handed, give us a call. We'll bail you out. But um, we'll be open at eleven. Uh, as me and Kelly always talk about pre-gaming, you know, the pre-game's going to start here. People ride their golf carts up here, grab a beer, get in the A.C. for a few minutes, which hopefully won't be an issue tomorrow. It should be pretty good weather. but uh, And there's nothing at all dangerous about driving a golf cart right. on 4th Street yeah. with, right. be, with a drink in your hand. <laughs> hey, hey you, get, you get a pass. You get a pass. The, right. They kind of turn their heads on this day. I, I know that's a, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I actually drive mine from my house, and I live you know, about six or seven blocks away, but as long as I'm home by dark, I'm okay. Uh, it's just a perfect place to come before homecoming. I mean, my heavens, look around. Right? And today we had the uh, the fried catfish. Today was the fried catfish. Man, I gotta tell you, dude, that's that's just that's fine catfish. My <laughs> yeah. producer over there, Michael Murgis, is the best catfish he'd ever eaten. Mm-hmm. Still no question. That? Yeah. Yep. Hey, I'll take that. I mean, we we do take honor in what we do and turn out a good product. And uh, I was picking on Kelly earlier. I was, we have a sandwich of the week this week called the Pig Mac, and it's mm. uh, two. Uh, two patties, and uh, we found a special sauce to go with it and all that, but it's been the uh, sandwich of the week this week, but he said he couldn't get away from the catfish. Did you name that after Kelly, that sandwich? <laughs> I wouldn't be offended at I'm all. I'm not saying anything. I, would, I wouldn't be offended at all. Well, it's funny that the last time we were here and I had the catfish that night, my wife wanted catfish. I can eat fish for every meal. I have yeah. no problem with that, but because of where we live, we had to get it from somewhere else. Right. And I realized how awful that other fish <laughs> was, and I told I couldn't yeah. even finish it. Because oh. like, I had amazing catfish earlier today. This is terrible. Well, so. it is just on Catfish Friday. We hadn't put it on the regular menu yet and uh i've talked about maybe doing it but then it like i say before it wouldn't be special if i did it every day so. it, it seems though slain like this establishment your fourth street bar and grill seems to be the um headquarters for lack of a better term of southern this is kind of the anchor for southern miss fans to kind of gather what i wonder what it is that makes it that way or why people feel like if you're a real golden eagle this is a place you got to start it's i mean it's it's a staple here in town it's the location as much as you know of course we've changed the name a couple of years ago because of the previous establishment move but it's the building it's the staple and the, the memorabilia that we have here and then, i mean you just got to you got to come here to see it firsthand you know and uh we actually reach out to all the other pages like this week. We've, we've reached out to the opponents, uh, Instagram, Facebook. We welcome all them, too. So we go that extra mile to make sure that everybody come here is welcome as well. But we got Collins, Hess, and Poncho James are going to be joining us here on the show a little bit later on. And, and they almost kind of tear up when they look at these walls because <laughs> of the memories right. that have been made when they were students here. And literally, if these walls could talk. Man, oh, man, I don't know. What that. a weekend. Yeah. You might not want these walls. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. I'm with you, Bob. Like, we, we might be put in jail if these walls could talk. <laughs> but a lot of guys have a lot of problems if, if the walls started talking. Right. But, it, but it's just so cool that 
that, that they can be gone from campus for 10 or 15 years and come and back in this building and feel it. like it was yesterday. That is. It's a... Uh, well, I think we display it pretty good, and like I say, we're always getting stuff uh, even still donated to us. So, you know, if, if people out there have stuff and it's sitting in a closet or something, we'll gladly display it in here, you know. so. And I see your signed Brian Dozier jersey back there. Mr. Dozier is fixing to play in the National League Championship Man, Series. That's going to be good stuff. He, uh, he, Number one, Dozier is just an awesome guy. No He's question. cool, easy no to get, a t- you know, like, like we were talking off the air, you know, Certain people are accessible and some, some more than others. Those are pretty easy, pretty accessible when he's in town. He uh, he makes himself available. He he comes back to Hattiesburg, no big head, good godly no, man, and you're just right. he you're just right. you know if you ask him to come do something or sign something or do whatever, Dozier's going to do it. But the baseball team, the baseball program, Slay could not have a better ambassador. I agree than Brian wholeheartedly. And and yeah, I heard your your conversation with the AD earlier and. Even talking about baseball, I get excited about it. I love baseball, so just knowing what, where that, that organization is going and what they're doing with the field, that's amazing that they well, got Well, our on. new athletic director is a baseball man. That's, that's, that's good saying. news for all of that's us. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I love it. I, I kind of get excited when y'all are talking about it. Now, now, we're here at 4th Street, Slade, but you talked about your, your, your sister restaurant, right. which is uh, Sidelines, but we don't ever get, really get to talk a whole lot about Sidelines. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that was, that's kind of what got us here years ago. I mean, we're, prob- we're in about our sixth year out there, and uh, we, we kind of saved that bar, too. You know, it was uh, my, me and my partner, Kevin Walters, um, it was uh, it was kind of going out, so we stepped in and we're like, hey man, let's save it. And we worked hard at it, and it's a lot of the same good food, and it's out in Oak Grove area. So if you can't make it to one, come to the other. All right, you're gonna come back next hour. Absolutely. All right, Slade White, everybody. We continue our special two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour from Fourth Street Bar and Grill. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the second hour of a special edition of the Eagle Hour from 4th Street Bar and Grill in Hattiesburg, right off the highway and right in the shadow of the rock. We're glad to be down here. I want to thank Daniel Stewart, Jack Duggan, Jeremy McLean, and, of course, Slade White for joining us in the first hour of the program. Lots more to talk about here in the second hour as we count down to homecoming 2019 
from 4th Street Bar and Grill. Our next guest, and we're happy to have him on the set with us, is Poncho James, an avid Southern Miss supporter. I understand a, a mutual friend of Bud Holmes. I understand you guys have some stories that go back. And uh, and I also understand that you are, you correct me if I'm wrong, if I am, we'll blame Kelly. You were the first <laughs> Seymour, is that correct? No, that's not correct. Full, uh, well, full time. I was the, well, um, the Seymour's been around for a long time. Okay. I don't know the, all the history of it. Uh huh. I know bar, far back is back when Jeff Davison did it in 83. Right. And I think Snell may have did it after that. Then I tried out. And um, so, yeah, the Eagle has been around. Now, I don't know all of the um, qualifications or who did it or how it started, you know. But but I you were you, Seymour. I was Seymour. Yep. I had a great time. Let me when, t- when were you Seymour? 84, 85. Okay. And um, I started basketball in 84. And that's a story in itself. I was the first mascot ever at Pearl River Junior College, mm-hmm. the Wildcat. That was fun. Which is that? That's kind of how it evolved into well, yeah. at, at Southern Miss. But the thing about what what Eric Poncho James, I don't even know that people know that he has a first name. It is Eric, uh, a 1981 graduate of Picayune High School, Row Tide at Maroon Tide in the house. Was that you? You gave Seymour a life. Though I mean, you created this persona, almost cartoon character type of uh, you brought life to Seymour in that regard. Where did some of those ideas come from, Poncho? I mean, you well, were, believe you, it or not, they did have a mascot school that you could go to. When the Chili's went to Memphis, you could go to mascot school and you'd do skits and do different things and learn that you got to realize the children are looking at you and they think you're real. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll never forget this story that. Hopefully my daughter's not listening and nobody holds this against me. But Chris Carter and I, you know Chris, we were talking about this the other day in Orange Beach. We run into each other watching uh, Southern Miss play Alabama. And we got to talking about this at a USM basketball game back in MK Turkgate days and the stadium was full. Well, that afternoon the Kappa Six had a huge crawfish boil. Well, I went over and we put... You know, we had a crawfish boy, and what goes good with crawfish? A little beer? Yeah, okay. okay. So, I agree. Well, we <laughs> we wouldn't, the Chili's weren't going to have to do a lot because these um, Budweiser performers that do the flips and do the basketballs, they were going to do their deal. Mm-hmm. So, we just kind of had to walk around. So, I said, well, let's have a big time here, you know. Well, it was a bad ice storm, and they didn't come in, and I didn't know that. So, at halftime, I go in the locker room, and I'm just kind of laying down looking through my beak. I'm, can't nobody see me. I don't know why I'm doing that. So, I've never I, you heard know, that you got these big eyeballs up here, and you look through the beak. So I'm laying there where they tape up the ball players, and I'm watching, you know, just kind of like waiting for halftime to be over. And Doc Harrington comes in there, and everybody knows Doc Harrington, great guy. He said, Poncho, you got to get out there. It's a tie ball game playing Louisville, I think it was, and they didn't come in to perform. So people just out there looking at each other at this tie ball game. So I grabbed my unicycle and I kind of drag it down the ramp because I didn't think I could ride it. You know, them crawfish really got to you, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, so, the crawfish. <laughs> the crawfish. I think I ate the crawfish. So I couldn't ride the unicycles. I didn't think I could. But all the kids are lined up around. I'm high five. I didn't want to get too close to them because I smelled like crawfish. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, so I didn't know what I was going to do here, right? So do you know the, the rack that they put the basketballs on? It's about three levels, and they rolled a little ramp. Right, right. Well, I, didn't, I rolled it to the center of the court, and it was there. I got my unicycle, and I, I grabbed one of the balls, put it under my jersey, and I was just kind of fooling around with it. And I got my balance, got one of the guys come out, and I got on the unicycle. Got my bounce, my bounce, my bearings, and I 
was kind of going to the goal, but because that big old beak, you, you don't see up high. Yeah, we know how problem what a problem a big beak can be. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah, so, I had, it was a big one. So yeah. I'm looking about where the layup was. I'm riding my unicycle, and I throw the ball up, and the place goes crazy. I'm like, there's no way I made it. You made it. You made it. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I stuck my chest out. I start riding my unicycle a little faster. And you can't see below you either. Kind of just right here. Well, I Uh-oh. forgot about all these basketballs. Uh-oh. And I hit that rack wide open. <laughs> and I thought I was going to die. Like, <laughs> and they start doing the wave. Like, oh, this dude's putting on a show. I mean, I, they doing the wave. And I, I got these big old eagle feet, these leotards on. So I'm going to kick one of them balls like I'm mad. So I misjudged it. Uh-oh. And I kicked like a Ray Guy kick. Maybe a Ray Guy kick. And my foot come off. Oh, no. Oh, no. It goes and hits the backboard, almost goes in. I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, these kids think you're real. My foot just fell off. So you not only broke your huh. Oh, not only have I got basketballs oh. everywhere. and You broke your beak. I got and MK you... Turk over there like, what the hell is he doing? You know? So Too I'm on the crawfish. ground, and I'm going around like I'm hurt. And the, oh. the, the cheerleaders at the same crawfish bowl I was, they stick my foot in my beak, in the mouth of the beak, and they put my unicycle on a stretcher, and they drag me off, and they haul my unicycle off there. And look, it's one of the best shows ever. Put on all ever. of this, all of this, the result of crawfish. Crawfish, yeah, yeah, Too that's much right. crawfish. 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 So, but when you put a mask on, like like in this right. case, it'd be the the right. headdress for right. the eagle mascot. You re- doesn't it almost, Poncho, give you license to do some stuff you'd never well, think of I'm going to tell before. you, you go fool with the highway patrol, and I tell you, that brings up another story. How much time do we have? <laughs> so the highway patrol would always be on the very, that far end of the field over toward the Duff Center, right? right. So one of them, the guy was eating a bag of peanuts. I'd go take them, and I was throwing them to the crowd. And what could he do to me? Right. I'm the mascot. Right. Oh, he's got the gun. He can't do nothing to me. I'm throwing the peanuts away. Well, the very next weekend, by the way, I brought something for you. Okay. The very next weekend, we play in state in Jackson. So I had some of the cheerleaders were riding. You know, you could take your own vehicle to these sometimes. So, And I had a little radar detector under the dash, but we had the radio going so loud, I didn't hear it. Well, I was speeding through McGee. Trying to get to McGee to a uh, pep rally. Highway Patrol pulls me over. Not another crawfish boil. Well, no, no. This was a real pep rally at a bank. <laughs> Sponsorship, something we had to do. So we, we, we love doing. But the Highway Patrol, my tag said Poncho on my Grand Prix. And I said, he said, what y'all's hurry? I said, well, we got a um, pep rally up here at the bank in McGee, and we're running late. And some of the cheerleaders, I'm the mascot. He said, you the mascot? You the one took my peanuts that last ball game. I'm like, I mean, you know, I was just kidding, dude. You know? As he wrote the, as he wrote out the ticket. What yeah. years were you the mascot? Eighty four and five. So, so you were you were the mascot. That right you there. Know, I was about to ask you about this. Well, I'm giving that to Kelly because is that, you? that is considered one of the most uh, no, memorable mascots. Me and. Can I tell you a story about that? Well, who was the bulldog? Did you know who the Mississippi Yeah, the guy was? lives in Meridian now. We spoke about two years ago about maybe getting together. Because my wife got with Bill McGillis, and they, or um, maybe Bill, or I can't remember, maybe Bill or John. Former And they redid trainer. it at state game a couple of years ago. The same thing. Yeah, they did. But it didn't have Coors Light on the side of it. No, they did. I have to yeah. tell you this story. Uh, about three years ago, a good, very close friend of mine is actually coming down here tonight for the game. His daughter had this done for me and framed, and now that I know who this is, I've got to get you to sign it. Well, i got to tell you the, the, the uh, story behind it. 
See that ice chest here? It says Coors mm-hmm. Light on it and these lawn chairs. This is a, this is a black and white photo, right. by the way, of a, of a Mr. Oh, yeah, y'all, I forgot. They can't see on the this radio. This radio, right. That's why you said you got the radio face. That's why stuff. Kelly's on the radio. Right? Right. You I can't got it. see it. I never knew that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, what happened was we had this, and it might have had some Coors Light in there. And one of them bet me. Knowing you, Poncho, I well, would say there's a distinct all possibility. All I'm saying is somebody is. dared me to try to get that ice chest in the game. So we were carrying this stuff, and I had the mascot suit, and I had a little sweatsuit that said mascot. It was a big deal, you know. And I told him this was all a prop for a pitcher. Okay, go right ahead. <laughs> we just walked right in with it. So we took a picture, but we left with an empty ice chest. That was in Jackson. That was in Jackson. 60,000 people. It was, uh, we lost 20 to 23. It was nine twenty one of nineteen eighty five. Yeah, there you go. So you were you were the mascot during the Jim Carmody years. And Correct. I'm sure he Jim, was yep. very warm and fuzzy. Well, like the mascot, you know, he's he, he was kind of stiff as a board. You know, he's a nice guy. I like him, but he wasn't real. You know, love his kids, all of his whole family. I he, like Jim. He's not the headliner at the Chuckle Hut. Right. No, he's no, yeah. Not, he's no. not Larry Fedora. No, no. <laughs> but what I will say is, you do get inside that mascot suit or that eagle suit and you're like man you can do whatever you want to do yes sir i mean i would beat people i could take that beak and take his little just put it right on top of him just beak him all up through the crowd i wouldn't be still because not, not big nasty oh well oh, no, you, 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 you never tried that with him did you so, we, no. so we've learned a new term you can beak them you can beak them yeah. yeah so but you know what it was you know these children they really look up Where's that music playing? Y'all done? I've got to leave already? That means you've got to leave, Poncho. All right, Collins, I'm out of here. But look, it was a great conversation, and we thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Kelly. Seymour, Been friends a long time. Yes, Poncho, sir. on the Eagle Hour. We'll be right back. Enjoyed it. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting live from 4th Street Bar and Grill. And uh, we're glad that you're with us uh, this afternoon. want to thank... Poncho James for coming by. That was quite a that was quite a segment. Uh, also, our first guest and our next guest has the unfortunate task of following Poncho. Thanks, Poncho. Uh, <laughs> Collins Hess was a defensive back for the Golden Eagles from '82 to '86, and we're looking forward to our conversation with you. But before we get started, uh, any comment on what you heard in the last segment? Uh, yeah, it reminds me of the Poncho James of old for yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, he was exactly how. He talked. He was fantastic. You know, I was talking to my wife, Leah, about this, is, is that one of the things as a football player that people don't think you enjoy are the mascots and how good the band is and the cheerleaders. I would get compliments from other football players from the opposite team saying, oh, your cheerleaders are fantastic. And I remember what they would do before everybody played music at the stadiums. They'd bring out these 
six by six huge speakers, these two speakers, and they'd set it out right where we're warming up, and they'd always ask us, what do you want to hear and listen to? And they'd play it, and you, you'd always see the other teams kind of dancing a little bit and enjoying the music. So we, we appreciated Poncho and, and the band and the cheerleaders. was fantastic. That's what I loved about uh, You were here in the, in the Bobby Collins, Jim Carmody era, and these guys were picking at me yesterday driving back from another remote telling me i got to get out of the past because I talk about the past all the time mm-hmm. with Southern Miss football. Mm-hmm. But i got to tell you, you were the guys that, that set the tempo, created Eagle Fever, the I Believe, you know, thoughts, and uh, – it was a magic time, I think, Collins. Yeah, I, I, I was recruited by and committed to Bobby. And then uh, before, just as a little background, uh, uh, was there on, on uh, Carmody's years. And But all those guys set the tone. And you know, when you go out to practice, they'd kind of let you know. And fans were fantastic. And it was, it was, an, it was an exciting time to be at Southern Miss. It really was. And he, and he was, Collins is very humble, but he was one of the original nasty bunch. And, right. and a couple of weeks ago when Southern Miss was playing on TV, one of the TV announcers said, mm. called him the nasty mm. boys. And I, <laughs> I said, I saw that. Yeah. I said, he did no, his homework. I said, no, the nasty boys were a WWF tag team. Yeah. The nasty bunch. <laughs> now, now was, Collins, I'm just yeah. a fan. You were a member of that. So you speak to it better than me, but I think about you guys, and I'll just be frank with you. I cringe when I hear that name now. It's the, it's not the nasty bunch anymore. Well, you know, um, a lot of people say that, and football's changed so much that it's basically an offensive game, and you kind of just kind of have to, as a defensive player, it's not so much as a as a. I shouldn't say this. It's not as physical because the game has changed. Uh, it's the spread offense, and everybody does it, so it's a little bit more difficult task, I think, as a defensive player. You have to think about more. You, there's, they do so much more. You really have to be a student of the game, and that's one of the things I wish I was, more of a student of the game. Of course, you have more accessibility to the Internet and watching stuff that you can't see that you would only see as, as, a, as a player and a coach back then. So, uh, yeah, I... I, I I kind of don't say that just because the game has changed. Right. What, what, how important was the persona you guys had to y'all? You, you know, you, you think about it now because, again, of, of all the capability with the Internet and social media and things that are constantly out there. You, we didn't really think of it like that because the name was kind of just starting out, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you don't think of yourself like that. I, I think while you're playing, uh, you don't look at yourself in that aspect. But uh, that is something that's started a long time ago probably in the in the 50s and 60s when they won a couple of national championships so it wasn't just us that started it it was probably the guys way back beforehand starting and creating that tradition so collins when you look at you're, you're here for homecoming this weekend and i know it's something that you look forward to uh every year uh, what is it about home because i'm the same way I, i'm very yeah. i'm a sentimentalist you know and i love homecoming what do you I, like most about it? I love it. it. I, I've called a million people. I was just talking to my good friend Mike Phillips and the entire Phillips family. Uh, Brett Clark is here. Pat Wynn is, is a Huntsville guy that actually is getting inducted into the Southern Miss Alumni Hall of Fame. He is the uh, uh, president and CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of North Alabama. Has done a fantastic job. So it's nice to see a former football guy succeeding outside of football. Uh, but seeing friends and you know you of course and you know just being able to talk on the radio is fantastic. To somebody remember me, think I'm special enough to say something important. Uh, but uh, I love it. I I try to do as much as I can all day long and tailgate and uh, saw Tim Hallman and. 
and Poncho, of course, and other friends. And I'm going to see more. Scott McCrory's coming down. Uh, I'm just excited to be here. It's just nice to be remembered, I guess, every now and then. But you're also an alum that is still active in in the future of Southern Miss in the sense that, that when Jeremy McLean, among others, right. have, have yep. made trips through North Alabama, mm-hmm. You're one of the guys they want to hear from. Collins, what do you think we could do better? What, what, what do you dislike about the program? How could we improve? Absolutely. And with all due respect, mm-hmm. you're willing to talk about that. Uh, absolutely. And uh, maybe a little controversial. But it, if, you don't, if you're not a disruptor, things don't change. If you always do, as the coaches say, best thing, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. And Southern Miss has to do something different, especially right. from the lead. There's no doubt about it. We've known it. Think about this. We're semi, we've been talking about this for 30 or 40 years, and nothing changes. You know, I kind of call it the Southern Miss cycle of life. You get an athletic director in here who's here two to four to five years, or or a president, and and I'm not saying Jeremy. I'm just saying, if he's good in two to four or five years, he's gone. If he's bad in two to four or five years, he's gone. And that's the problem is it's the Southern Miss cycle of life. We can't get any consistent vision. You have to have somebody willing to take a chance, to take a risk, and to make a difference here. You can't keep changing your vision every four to five years, not just at the athletic department head, but at the coaching level too. And so I would say, you know, we talked about this, Kelly, that you have to take a risk on hiring. I would A Southern Miss guy, I don't care if he's 25, if he can sign a contract to say, I'm going to give you, we at Southern Miss have to value ourselves when we present that to a coach or an athletic director and let them consider it an opportunity, just like an Alabama or Auburn does, right? So, uh, you know, we have to be disruptors and change the way we, the status quo, I suppose. I, I got to tell you, Bob, Collins still looks like he could play. He does. He, you know? he, actually, he actually does. But, yeah. but there's a, there's yes, a, I'm buying dinner for you tonight. No, no, there's a reason for that, though, because his lovely wife, Leah, is here. <laughs> Leah is 18 years younger than Collins. <laughs> And, and when that word got out that that was going to happen, everybody said, oh, she's a gold digger. And I said, no, at Collins's age, she would be called a caregiver. You know, so. <laughs> On behalf of the Eagle Hour, we apologize. We apologize. A lot, a lot of people apologize. <laughs> so you got big going to the game this weekend? I am. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, big plans. I'm going to do the, the whole thing, you know, do get there as early as I can, tailgate, see as many people as I can. Uh, we've got a dinner tonight. We're going to somebody's house. Mike invited us to. So uh, I try to get the full exposure as much as I possibly can. And then on Sunday, I, I extend it a little bit. We do a lunch and then try to extend the day as much as possible. And I always say, oh, I'm going to get back at a responsible adult hour, hour of five or six o'clock because it's a five hour drive to Huntsville, four and a half. So we usually wind up getting there, what, nine or ten? Yeah. So when you're in this place, Collins, and you look around and there's all this memorabilia on the wall, what, what comes to your mind? I, I love looking at it. I've seen it a million times. Yeah, where's my picture? <laughs> Where is it? Uh, I heard it was in their vault. It's here somewhere. That's what we've been told. In a special but place is in, the way. In a very it. special place. Right, but, right. yeah, I love it. I, I've seen it a million times from the previous owners. And, and by the way, I had their catfish here, and it was really good. delicious. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Really good. And, uh, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's wonderful coming in here and looking at the memories. And I've seen them a million times, but I'll look at them again. You, and you know, I heard a I comment. I heard, I, I heard a comment one time, which, which I think is really cool. They said, as much as the campus has changed, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's natural that new buildings, parking garages, things like that are going to be added. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing they like about Fort Shipmore Grill is that 
it doesn't change. Yeah. To a degree. No, it's, it's nice to come back to someplace familiar, just like seeing old faces and stuff, and you feel comfortable and you feel at home. I love it. It's fantastic. It's one of my first stops. Your thoughts about the football program today? Um, I think Jay's actually doing a pretty good job. Um, he, you know, he came up to Huntsville through a, a whirlwind tour and stopped by, and, and, you know, he's called it exact from before his first year. He said it. He said, in four to five years, I'm going to have my guys in here. He said, but it, we're low on scholarships. He goes, a lot of guys through attrition and leaving and other things. He said, as soon as we get it up to the sky, they're not quite there yet. And I think next year will be a telling year. But, I mean, he's – I, I think they can contend this year. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. And he said, in four to five years, I'm going to be contending though, for a championship. And that's what he's doing. next year really tells the tale on the I Jay Hobson era. I do. He doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to win 10 or 11 or 12 games to be called successful because football nowadays, everybody thinks, oh, CUSA is a terrible conference. But it's not. It's not. Football is competitive at every at every turn. I mean, I don't care what conference. Sunbelt. Everybody's like, oh, the Sunbelt has passed Conference USA. Well, that's what you say when you're not happy with where you're at. Uh, every conference is competitive uh, at certain levels for sure. But, I, I mean, I think last year, was it last year that uh, uh, North Texas destroyed Arkansas? Of course, that's not saying a lot. Arkansas is kind of down. But North Texas is a good football team, and it's going to be a great game. Pleasure to meet you. Yep. We're glad you're on the Eagle Hour. Appreciate it. Colin yep. Sess, everybody, one of the greats from Southern Miss Football Pass. And we'll, we'll wheel him over to his caregiver here now. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll Thanks be right back. I appreciate it. To the top, y'all. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to our edition of the Eagle Hour from 4th Street Bar and Grill on Homecoming Weekend. And we have had a great show so far. I want to thank Collins Hess and uh, Poncho James for joining us in this segment. Of course, Athletic Director Jeremy McLean, very gracious of him to come over. Our good buddy Jack Duggan, uh, always full of information and fun. And want to thank Daniel Stewart from First Bank for joining us as well. Okay, tomorrow we will be having our third Veterans Tailgate behind Southern Hall uh, with a lot of really good folks, uh, including our next guest, Madison Deloach. And uh, Madison, thanks for coming by, man, and talking to us. Oh, always happy to be here, brother. You've been very instrumental in this in this Veterans Remote. Uh, that's, uh, we should point out key superstores, um, Hooters, Papa John's Pizza, Super Talk, and your company, uh, New York Live, yes, right, sir. New York Live. And uh, we really do appreciate being invited to be a part of that. What's your role in all of this? I've just learned that you're really the guy that's doing all the yes, all sir. the hard work. You know, whenever you, you know these veterans show up to this tailgate, we want them to feel welcome. We want to feel at home. Everything's set up when they get there. That's a lot of what I do. I pick, like I have a truck full of Coca-Cola products right now. That's another one of our sponsors, Coca-Cola. Um, 
by the time they get there, I want it to be perfect for them to where they can have brotherhood like they had in the military because a lot of these veterans, that's what they miss, that's what they need. And whenever they get to that veteran's tailgate, we have four full tents, super tall, uh, Papa John's. We have a lot of other tents out there. And everything is ready to go. It's a good family environment. We have their chairs, their drinks, whatever they need, you know, to enjoy the tailgate, enjoy the game. We want it to be there for them and be for free for them. What's been the reaction with the veterans that you've had a chance to visit with? And amazing. You know, the staff there, there's a lot of veterans on staff that come out and tailgate, Marine veterans such as myself. Um, there's a lot of others. Um, the people that shoot the cannons at the game, they come out, they help, they set up. They've been in- instrumental. You know, whatever we need, Southern Miss has been there and been there to support us. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow should be massive. Tomorrow's just everything's just if this weather actually goes through, tomorrow's just almost setting up to be too good to be true. You know, I'm probably more excited about the weather than anybody because I've been setting it up in the 100-degree temperatures, and have. I'm so yeah. excited, yeah. you know, that it's going to be 60 degrees out there and maybe even get a little sweater or something. Um, you know, we're hoping for about 150 veterans and their families to come out, and uh, we're prepared to feed them and, and to, uh, you know, spend time with them while they're out there. Been distributing a lot of food, haven't you, at these tailgates? We have. You know, we have an assembly line out there. You know, you just walk through, it's like a buffet. We have uh, Hooters donate the wings. Papa John's donates dozens and dozens of pizza every, every game. Key Superstores does chips, drinks, as well as Coca Cola. Well, it, it's certainly a, a very worthwhile cause. How did you get started with this? You know, I wanted to start giving back to the veterans um, in the community. Um, once I started working with New York Life, I started doing a little better, and I wanted to give back. And I think that's one of the best ways that you can give back. And that's the cause that I'm very passionate about is giving back to veterans. And I, I like to be involved in them because I know what it's like to come back after you get out of the military because I went to Southern. I went to Jones College, and I went to Southern after that. I know what it's like to get back and be new and just trying to stumble on your feet so you find where you need to be in life. Being a veteran... Being the spouse of a veteran, being the parent of a veteran, you have a different perspective of, of what what the military does, don't you, Madison? You really do. And, you know, a lot of it's a lot of sacrifice. You think, you know, oh, you're in the military. Well, your wife's at home with her kids for, you know, a, sometimes a year at a time. She doesn't see you. She may get an email once every week, may, maybe, right. maybe every month, maybe right. a phone call every that's two. Right. And, uh, you know, that's a lifestyle that, that they need to be honored for. And uh, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish out there with the Veterans Tailgate. You lay down at night not really knowing where somebody that's very important to you is or what the conditions are that they're in, and it is a feeling that until you experience it, you can't describe it to anybody. I don't think you can. And honestly, you know, I've been to Afghanistan. uh, I've done tours over there. And what you fear the most is what your family's feeling back home because you know you're safe. They don't know you're safe. Or if you, you may not be safe, but they don't know what you're going through. But they just worry constantly whenever whenever you're over there. And, and that's probably the hardest part is probably being a family member back home worrying about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was many times when I was over there and I would want to send an email home, but I didn't have Internet or anything like that to tell my family I was okay. But you can't. And they just worry, worry. They always think the worst. Right. Well, you can't help it. I mean, you know, no, you, can't. you can't help it. You try to block it out. But sometimes it just overwhelms you and you, there's nothing you can do about it. No, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, I, I remember coming back home from Afghanistan, seeing my family. That's one of the happiest moments I've ever been. And I see a lot of happy memories being made over there at Southern Miss at the tailgate like that, too. And I, I absolutely love that. And a lot of these are veterans. They're not in anymore. 
they're out. They've been out for some of them 10, 15 years longer than me. And, you know, we all get together there, and we just have a good time, and that's what it's all about. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. We're really, really happy that we've been invited uh, to be a part of it. So let, let people listening know where it's at tomorrow and, and what, they can, what they can come enjoy, Madison. That big, beautiful, I guess it's Brass Eagle. behind. It's directly uh, Southern Hall. It's right behind it. That's an ROTC building. Uh, there's a lot of um, uh, reservists and, you know, for, uh, future officers that work out there that help us out with the tailgate. It'll be right behind that. We'll have four tents set up in a row. You can't miss it. We have big signs out that says Veterans Tailgate. Hooters. South or north of Southern Hall? Uh, south. South. North, 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 north. North okay. of Southern yeah. Hall. Just on the other side. Just on the other side of Southern Hall. So. Can't miss in the shade. We'll have fans out, TVs, everything. Uh, lots of good food tomorrow, including what? Uh, we have Hooters. Uh, they donate the wings. We have chips, dip, salsa, queso. Uh, Papa John's donated the pizza. And uh, we'll have drinks and everything else they may need out there. All right. Well, you do a wonderful job. And thank you so we much. appreciate it. You're going to stick around? Let's, why don't you just stay here right now? We're All gonna, right. It's Friday afternoon, so we have to do our Conference USA football picks. We'll get Michael Mergens uh, back on mic here, and uh, the three of us will go down this list. Okay? okay. You're our guest. We'll let you go first. All right. Old Dominion, Madison, is playing at Marshall. I want to pick Marshall. You like Marshall? Michael? Marshall. Who else is here? Kelly? How can you miss me? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Kelly's back from over at the table, undoubtedly trying to get something free out of Collins' head. No, it's not. Well, hope I that know that, that ain't happening. I hope that that didn't happen. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Marshall, has, Marshall lost last week, really disappointed me, but they've got to get back on the winning track. Old Dominion's not very good. I'm with Marshall. Middle Tennessee, Madison, is playing at Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. No, you're not going to do it, Michael. You're not going to take Middle Tennessee. No, Florida Atlantic. I thought for a second. Yeah, FAU. I'm a big believer in the lane train, so I don't think that we can go wrong there. All right, UAB is at Texas San Antonio. UAB. Yeah, UAB. UAB is a 10-point pick. The Roadrunners won last week, though, at UTEP, remember, in a a battle of the bottom feeders. But the Roadrunners will not beat UAB. Uh, UAB will win that easily. Charlotte is at Florida International. Florida International. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, Charlotte. You guys are going with the Niners? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Marine over here, and uh, we're going to be successful here. Florida (laughs) Florida International. Uh, UMass, uh, Awful. Ma- Madison has just played every <laughs> Conference USA team in the league. Uh, this week they're playing at Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. Right. La Tech. Yeah, UMass is just yeah, dreadful. The, the, those boys from up north don't have a chance no. over at Louisiana Tech. Uh, Army. Army is at Western Kentucky. If they were playing the Navy, Army. <laughs> we'll go with the Army. I may go with the Army. Coached by a Munkin. Yeah, That's Army right. all the way. You're you're more of a Navy man in the Army Navy day. Though, it's department right? of the Navy. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, okay. not, there's not going to be any trouble here, is there, Madison? There won't be. Uh, okay. Bye, Madison. <laughs> North Texas is right here at USM. I got to pick USM, obviously. Uh, Don't you do it, Michael? Uh, I'm going to do it by ten. USM. Yeah, of course. Eagles. This is. I'm telling you, this is the biggest game in three years. Yeah. To be mm. played at M.M. Roberts, not only because it's homecoming. Madison, let's switch gears here real quickly. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Ravens. 
Oh, it, did, well, it didn't take you very long to answer that one, did it, man? <laughs> Not at all. Michael? You know, it's October. We're close to Halloween. I'm going to go with the orange and black. Oh, my God. I'm going to give yeah. them a chance. Man, you, you are full of the spirit, Michael. Yeah, you are sure. swinging from power lines. <laughs> I'll, I'll take uh, the Ravens. Are the Saints playing, guys? I don't see that here. Yeah, they're the playing team. Jacksonville. Yep. Okay, what do you say, man? Oh, Saints all day. Who that? Yeah, but you know Gardner Minshew from Brandon High School is coaching Jacksonville. But I'll take the Saints. I think the Saints win. And then the game that the nation, the nation has bated breath waiting for. Oh, boy. Uh, the Washington Redskins 0-5 at the 0-5 Jack, uh, Miami Dolphins. Believe it or not, Madison, that was actually a Super Bowl one time. Yeah, it was. That's, that's how far both have it's fallen. It's a tidy bowl now. Hey, hey. <laughs> Look at Madison doesn't Someone's even know what to do. I know this going. is a big one, so take your time. Somebody's honestly. going away one and five. That's yeah, that's you right. Forty Niners, huh? You say the Redskins? Oh, Dolphins. Redskins. I'm sorry. Yeah, Redskins. Yeah, Redskins. Yeah, definitely. Smart man. Come on, Mike. Yeah, yeah, Redskins. Hail to the Redskins. No, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, the Dolphins will win this no, game. No, beat, no, The Dolphins are not going to beat the Washington. Redskins. Oh yeah, no, the Redskins. Boy, they're highly skilled. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this, Michael? Next okay. Friday, we want to. We'll remind. We'll talk them. about that. All right, Madison. Thanks so much, Thank man. You so much, thanks sir. for all the work yes, you're sir. doing with the tailgate. We look forward to having you there tomorrow. Thank you for your time, sir. All right, man. We, this has been a blast. When we come, but we're not over, Kelly. Oh, really? No, okay, Slate still get his spot. Okay. You well, ate cool. the man's food. You're not going to let him get on the air? No, I just heard the music, and I thought that was it. Slade White is next. Don't go anywhere. I smell like crawfish. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. And welcome back. We're glad you've uh, been with us for the last couple of hours around the state. Wherever you're listening this afternoon or if you're listening online, which you can do now every day, we certainly appreciate you logging in and, uh, and give us some time to talk to you about Southern Miss sports. It's been a great day here at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and the man we have to thank for that and gladly do thank for that is Slade White. Slade, uh, well, this has been a lot of fun. I feel almost guilty taking a paycheck today. <laughs> man, this has been a great segment. I want to thank everybody, especially Madison and the veterans. I mean, that's you got to give props up to those guys for what they do, and I appreciate everybody coming. This has been a great show. I think we need to do it every week. <laughs> well, you could just about every Friday. You wouldn't have any trouble getting me and Michael down yeah. there. Yeah. And I think we can certainly agree that, that Poncho James should switch to decaf. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> he was a little wound up today. Uh, but that, homecoming has a way of doing right. that. I mean, We're all going to smell like crawfish tomorrow. That's all I can say. Yeah. It has been a little different today, hasn't it? It's been a good buzz. I mean, this, this is just, you know, we talked about it in our earlier segment that that the buzz is there, and this today is just re-energized it. I mean, tomorrow's yeah. going to be a fun day for everybody. Tonight should be a big night for you. Absolutely, right? out at sidelines, it's it's going down. It's uh, it's probably one of our bigger parties of the year, and uh, Coach Ladner and all his buddies are having just a big homecoming party. So everybody's welcome to come out there, and we appreciate y'all coming in here every Friday. So um, 
definitely appreciate what y'all do for Southern Miss Sports. Uh, we'll talk to you before we run out of time about your lunches during the week. We talk about that a lot, you know, when we're doing stuff back at the uh, at the First Bank Studio. But you've really developed quite a reputation as a go-to place. And when I got here today around 12 o'clock, my goodness, there wasn't a table left. And I want you to know, Slade, they always try to quiz me and so that I know what day of the week what's on the menu. Right, I know. right, right. Yeah, you can, uh, of course, follow us on Facebook to keep up with it. And we're always doing specials. But we do take pride in our lunches, our food. You know, we're not just a, your average sports bar. You come in, sit around and drink a beer. We have good food here and sidelines. So if you're out in the Oak Grove area, definitely pop in out there. We have the same good food. We have Catfish Friday, Pork Chop Thursday, you know, Country Fried Steak, Hamburger Steak. So we have good food no matter what side of town you're on. And then, of course, TVs galore, sports galore. Adult beverages galore, so we can take care of you. Dude, I took my wife out a few weeks ago into a well-known restaurant around here, and she ordered a, a, a shrimp poor boy, and she took about two bites of it, and she looked at me and she said, the next time I'm going to Fourth Street. Right. Uh, I, re- I remember the first time y'all came uh, that you popped in here, and uh, your, you and your wife popped in about two days later. And y'all were eating when I came in here one night. So. so so you really take a lot of pride in your food. And, and as you say, it's just not a bar. There's nothing wrong with a bar. But right. uh, what made you take such an interest in providing the degree of food that you provide? Well, I mean, you kind of go to places and you realize what you want, you know. And, like, anywhere you go, I mean, I know me and Kelly can testify, testify that we want good food. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're big boys. You know, we want good food. But, uh no, you just got to have a good product. I mean, you got you got people that may not want to drink a beer or not whatever. So, you got to keep people coming back. You know, and even you know stuff for the kids and stuff. We're we're normally twenty one and over bar after like six o'clock in the afternoon, but everybody's welcome during lunch. You know, so. And how much of those lunches, Kelly? Eight ninety five with a drink. Right. Unless you're going to have crawfish with it, and then the, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> it's a little more. That's an inside joke now today. But right. Slade, you talked uh, one time on uh, one of the other segments with us uh, when we were at Fourth Street that as temperatures start to cool down, you guys will make adjustments in the menu. What makes food winter food or well, fall food I mean, or summer food just think about a big hot bowl of red beans and rice or gumbo it's just not as good when you're 95 degrees and you're sweating your butt off so so we'll start doing some uh you know red beans and rice and some gumbo just things that go better with a winter you know maybe add a whiskey drink if you want to but uh but no just certain certain dishes go better and then in the summer We'll make adjustments like everybody gets in there, want to get in their summer bod. I just keep a dad bod year-round, but people just uh, want to get in their summer bod, so we'll start doing lighter type salad. <laughs> All right, so Bob is just staring at Kelly right now. So I don't know. I'm trying to picture a summer bod on Kelly. But no, I, just can't, a, I can't generate it. Hey, I just want to tell you something. When I, get out, when I go down to Orange Beach in my Speedo, I get any spot on the beach I I'm want. I'm sure you do. You know. Yeah, and then they come with buckets of water and try, yeah. drag him Save back him. to the water. Save him. I think he's still alive. <laughs> Grabbing him by his feet. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. Hey, no respect, uh, Kelly. Tonight, <laughs> what a there, crowd. there's a basketball party at Sidelines. Is that open to the public? It is. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a hefty cover charge. I want to let people know up front that it is a $20 cover charge, and it's uh, it's it's definitely not exclusive, but it's uh, we've got a band coming out of the Mandeville and New Orleans area that's big time, and uh, it's it's uh, whatever we do make after the band, we're going to give back to the Hardwood Club. So uh, hopefully help the basketball team a little bit. And because it's homecoming, too, they're especially encouraging the class 
of the 19, the decade of the 80s. If you, yeah. you know, if you were in the, the decade of the 80s when Jay Ladner was, you know, a student and right. some of these guys. And, I mean, that's, that's who actually started it. I didn't start this party. It was uh, uh, Coach Ladner and David Bush and John Adams and Bella Penny and all those guys. I mean, they, they came to me and they, uh, I was like, yeah, party when we're in. And so we're happy to have everybody at either place. We always appreciate being invited here, Slade. It's always fun when we come down. Yes, sir. Thank you all for coming, and we'll see you all next home game, I guess. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, the go-to place for homecoming weekend. And uh, we've had a great time being down here. Back at 1 o'clock, back at the studios Monday. Until then, everyone, Southern Miss. To to the the top. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.